So Jalen Green has been a topic of discussion for Rockets fans. I'm going to give you my perspective on the situation. Tap in. Enjoy. This is something I know. So there's been a lot of crazy takes about Jalen Green. I mean, people are trying to trade the dude. People are calling him a bust. And this is just a few games into the season. So I want everybody right now. Let's 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 all take one deep breath. <sighs> get a, get that all out. OK, because I think that everybody is doing a little too much right now, overreacting to the three game skid that the Rockets are having. I think collectively the fan base probably has PTSD from the Steven Silas era. So you know, usually I'd be doing a game breakdown, but, you know, the games have been, you know, they've been competitive games. They've been good games. It's just so many of them back to back. It's really hard to talk about anything in light of what is going on with the Jalen Green discourse. So I had to do a quick video, hopefully, about um, about what I think about this situation. So so one thing that you guys know about me from this channel is that I try to be as measured and objective as possible. Obviously, nobody's fully 100 percent objective in anything. But in this, I can clearly say that I feel like there's overreactions and it's going on two extremes. On the one end, you have people that are wanting to trade Jalen Green, which to me is asinine at this point in his career. There's really no indication for that. One, uh, what is the value of him right now in the open market uh, um, that you would trade him, that you would get equal value back, not only in the short term, but in the long term? And two, like if he doesn't, you know, become an all star this year, the Rockets just don't have to pay him that much money. And you just hope that he turns into a, a better player than his contract is actually worth. And you end up winning in the in the end for that. So, you know, I mean, that's one extreme. People want to trade him. Then the other extreme is the people that think that it is nothing he is doing to put himself in this situation where he's struggling. That is totally the fault of Fred Van Vliet. It's Emil Doka's fault. It's uh, some people have blamed Alperen Sengun and his newfound uh, uh, all-star level play, which is just as dumb. Like, Obviously, you know, there are things that are changing for everybody on the team, but it's everybody on the team and Jalen just has to be better. But you guys know how to do things. Let's look at some numbers just to compare how Jalen has been performing from his previous seasons under Steven Silas to this season under Yume Udoka. And you be the judge. You tell me what you think. So what I'm going to try to do is dispel some of the myths and the cap that is out in the fan base right now about the Rockets. And once again, everybody take a deep breath. Your Rockets are OK. OK, so what you guys are looking at right now, this is a team history of the Rockets from the past uh, three seasons. Well, including this one, the past two seasons uh, before Emei Udoka actually got here. Um, the 2022 season, uh, with which is Jalen Green's rookie year, the 23 season, which is a sophomore year and this current season that we're in right now. So what I did was I went and filtered out for the first 12 games of each season to look at where the team was at at that point to show whether there is a difference between Coach Adoka and Steven Silas. Now, if you're a basketball, uh, any type of basketball mind, obviously you can see the difference. But for some of our viewers that are not so uh, astute to the game, let's just let the numbers speak for themselves, okay? So at this point in the 22 season on Jalen's rookie year on a veteran-heavy team, a veteran-laden team, you got to remember, this was a team with Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, uh, Daniel Tice, Kevin Porter Jr., 
uh, and Jalen Green out there. But Jalen Green was the sole rookie on this on this team uh, on with these vets getting a lot of minutes playing. So you can see in, in almost 1,200 possessions, the offensive rating is 99.8, which had them ranked at 28th in the NBA. So this was the double big era, just trash, trash, trash offense. And then here's where they hung the, their hat, that team. Everybody said, oh, man, they were such a good defense. At 107.6 points per possession, which is decent, and had them ranked at 18th in the NBA for a net rating of minus 7.8, which had them as the 27th net rated team. So they were losing by negative 7.8 points per possession uh, with that team, having a 1 and 11 record. Okay. So yeah, he's a rookie. This is his rookie year. Let's see how he does next year. So next year, this is our young team that we had so much hopes for. The, the uh, team with Kevin Porter Jr. starting. Jabari Smith was drafted. You got second year Jalen Green. Alperin Shangun is going to start. Or maybe he wasn't going to start, but he ended up starting because Bruno Fernando was trash. Um, who else was out there? You had, uh, I think, I forgot who the, the three was at that time. Was it Tate or whoever it was? It was between Tate and KJ rotating off. Uh, and Eric Gordon at some point uh, was traded out of that team. But before he said uh, there's no improvement, which... I'm going to steal his bar. There was no improvement because you can see 12 games into the season. Same old story. Two and 10 in over 1200 possessions. Offensive rating 108.7 ranked at 24th defensive rating 116.4. The 29th net rated team in the NBA at that point in time for a negative 7.7 net rating, which is nasty. So they were losing pretty much the same rate, right? Everybody's clear. We're good on that. Let's fast forward to this season under Coach Udoka. Now we have Jalen Green in his third year. We have Alperin Shangun in his, um, this is his third year. You have Jabari Smith in his, in his second year. And you have two veterans in Fred and Dylan, uh, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks. So you have a team that is uh, 60% youth, 40% vet, not as much, many vets as there was on that 2022 team. Um, a little bit more vest than it was on the 2023 team, but look at the difference. Offensive rating 112.2, ranked 17th in the NBA, middle of the pack, and then defensive rating 109.5, the sixth ranked defense. They are a plus 2.7 net rated team in the NBA, having them as the 10th highest net rated team. This is in one season what Coach Udoka has done. So once again, as far as the Jalen Green discourse, I'm going to set the premise here for any discussions about Jalen Green as juxtaposing it to discussions about the team. And I feel like the people who are saying that he can do no wrong are looking at Jalen at the expense of the collective of the Houston Rockets. There's one thing to cheer for Jalen Green, but when you are looking at the team being successful and that doesn't satisfy you enough to, to even say that, well, at least we're doing X, Y, and Z, or at least he's contributing to winning, that that does kind of seem like you're being a stand. And, you know, that's that's a thing that we really got to get out of being a team that's trying to contend for playoffs, because if you're a stand, you're you're a fan of a particular player, not the team. And that's cool if you're tanking, and you're trying to get draft picks. But as a team that's trying to win, sometimes you just got to take an L for the team. And sometimes not everybody's going to be the guy. And maybe he's not the guy right now, but that doesn't mean anything about his outlook. But let me get off my soapbox. We're going to keep going. Okay. Y'all know I'm going to take y'all home with this. So now I want to isolate on Jalen's performance between those three seasons, right? So we've looked at how the team performed. Obviously, the first two years were trash and the uh, current year we are pretty good. I mean, by the standards of the other two years, this is an amazing turnaround for the Houston Rockets at six and six. You look at his first rookie year, 
through his first 12 games, once again, 111 record, averaging 14, three and two. Right. Nothing to write home about. Decent for a rookie. Look at the shooting splits. Thirty five percent from the field, 28 percent from three, 77 from from the free throw line. He was a team worst minus 10.7. Right. This is Jalen. Second year in the league, first 12 games, Jalen Green, 20.8 points. So the point totals went up by six. Rebounds went up a bit. Assists went down. Uh, shooting uh, improved from the field at 41.4%, 36% uh, from three, and 76% uh, percent from uh, from the from the free throw line. And he was a team second worst to Jabari Smith. This is your second year, quote-unquote, star player. Team uh, second worst, negative 8.5, right? So... For all the thrills and frills. Oh, man, he was averaging 20. Oh, man, he's shooting 41%. Oh, man, 36 from three in 12 games, even though he fell off the face of the map for the month of uh, December and January. Uh, towards the end of December and into January, he had one of the worst stretches of his career after that. We're going to be happy because the guy that we expect to lead us to playoff wins and championships was a team second worst minus 8.5 while his t- he was playing on the court. Fast forward to this current season, six and six. For the record, Jalen Green, 18 points, 4.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists. So relatively the same stats from last year. Points went down slightly. Rebounds went up a little. Assists stayed the same relatively. The shooting is damn near the same. 39%, 35%, 78. Shooting's the same. But look at this. Wow. Plus 3.1. Jalen Green is contributing to winning. He's contributing to winning and apparently... That's not enough for people to to look at and say that maybe um, he's learning how to be a winning player instead of, oh, Coach Udoka hates him because he benched him. And I'll talk about that later on. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. I'm I'm, going to land this plane home. Y'all know how I do. Okay. Now, one of the things that that really came up was um, also how people were saying how he's being used on the team currently right now. Right. So what you're looking at here, these are his plates, play types. The frequency of the plays he got from the last season compared to this season. So pick and roll ball handler. He had 9.9 possessions per game last year in the second season. Uh, this year, 7.9. So that went down by two spot ups, 3.2 possessions to 3.3. His spot ups stayed the same. Transitions 2.6 to 2.7. That stays the same. Isolation 2.6 to 1.4. That went down by about one one possession. Handoffs went down by one possession off screens relatively stayed the same right so he had maybe three or four maybe five uh four possessions less and this is obvious because why you have better players around you this is the test of a when you say the thing about he's a a good stats bad team player because the reason that term comes up is because when a guy puts up numbers and Jalen greens were not his numbers weren't great right these numbers weren't great last year so let's not act like this was james hart but regardless even if you're happy with 41 percent from the field and 35 from three right even if you that satisfy you maybe that's what gets you going even if that when you put that same player on a team that's trying to win that's not going to uh, only win 20 games or 17 games that's actually trying to make the playoffs and the numbers stay relatively the same but you're still complaining like i don't know what to tell you i don't know what to tell you so let's look at his efficiency, right, from these positions. Pick and roll ball handler, 50% true shooting um, uh, on those on those possessions to 44 this year. Spot ups, 54 last year to 55 this year. So that stays relatively the same. Transition, 63 to 60, not 
not really a difference there. Isolations, 52 to 43. So his isolation efficiency went down. Handoffs go from 60 to 60. So that stayed the same. Coming off screens jumped from 47% to 82% on low volume, but that's still a, a mega jump for him in, in those plays. So you're seeing that things that he was comfortable doing, he is not being efficient at and things that he wasn't doing a lot of, he's getting a little better at. All it seems is just like I've been saying for you guys with Jalen. One, he's trying to adjust to the team because he's not just being asked to spam a pick and roll until we, you know, to the cows come home. He's actually been asked to think about the game, right? He's being asked to when you spam that pick and roll, you got to make the right pass, Jalen. We're not going to tolerate you just doing crazy stuff. And that makes him think and that's going to impact his efficiency. He's not comfortable doing the things that he's used to doing because they're being asked to do more with him right now. He's being asked to get more out of his game and his game isn't up to par yet for that to be something he's comfortable doing and being efficient at. And that's on him. That's not on Coach Udoka. That's not on Fred Van Fleet. That's on him. That's really on him. Okay, so let's keep going. So I think what people are failing to realize is what they're seeing right before your eyes. Coach Udoka is crafting these young men, our young players, on how to be winners, right? They are learning how to win. An update on our starting five. You're looking at them. 382 possessions. They have the 13th uh, best offense with the starting five. Sixth best defense. A net rating of 11.6, which will rank them as the sixth uh, best starting five in the NBA. Offensively, you know, EFG is high. The defensive, you know, they're doing their thing on that. Like all their numbers are, are through the roof. This is one of the best lineups in the NBA. And I looked at um, all the all the different lineups throughout the league that have played high possessions. There's only five lineups that have played uh, over 300 possessions, and we're one of them. The other ones are Denver, Oklahoma City, and Boston. And out of and the fifth one is the Washington Wizards. And out of those five teams that have had those lineups play over 300 possessions, that means that the coaches really trust these lineups. We rank third out of the five, with Boston being number one, Denver being number two, the Rockets are number three, OKC starting five at number four, and then um, the Washington Wizards at a far, it's like the cliff just drops down. Uh, they're a negative where everybody else is a positive. So we, we rank third. We have a better starting five than the OKC Thunder with Chet, with SGA, et cetera, et cetera. What are we talking about? What are we talking about, right? What are you, what are you guys talking about? The dude is learning how to be a winning player. He's learning how to be a winning player. That's all we're seeing happening in real time. So also one of the complaints that I've seen is that, um, you know, he's not getting enough possessions uh, where he's the focal point. That's also not true. That's also not true. And you look at in 2023, um, if you take him out of the starting five where he was just alone with a bench as a lone creator, right? He had 389 possessions. And this is granted, uh, assuming, you know, we know Eric Gordon left the starting lineup midway through the season. I kept in KJ Martin in there because if I took out KJ Martin, that number drops to like 70 something. Uh, and, and the numbers ain't pretty when KJ is not out there. So I left KJ in that sample size, even though he was, you know, started for half the season. So in those 389 possessions, which is roughly four possessions per game. So about a four, four times a game, this is just assuming. And, you know, it varies. Some games is more, some games is less. But if you even it out over all 82 games from last year, four possessions uh, per game, the offensive possession on those lineups were 107.5. The defensive points per possession were 119.8. Net differential minus 12.4. 
That is losing, right? Minus 12.4. Let's flip it over to this season. So far this year, minus the starters. So this is Jalen without Al P, without Fred, without Dylan, without Jabbar. Just him in a bench lineup. He's already had 58 possessions in 12 games, which rent would be about almost five possessions. So he's actually getting more chances to be the sole creator out there this season so far. And look how he's doing in those lineups. 129.3 points per possession, 91.5 defensive points per possession, he, that those lineups are plus 37.8. Sometimes if you are focused on what is here and now you missed the big picture, I want everybody to take a step back and, and just don't miss the picture of what we're seeing with the Rockets right now. So to talk about the Jalen Green benching situation, um, I'm all for it. I know people have cited that he had a good third quarter. Yeah, offensively he had a good third quarter. He was playing terrible defense and he ended the quarter off by committing a horrible foul. Um, the whole game against the Warriors, he looked just dead. Maybe he was tired. Maybe he was in his head. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he was held accountable for his play. And if he is the type of player that can't respond to that type of uh, accountability, then he's not going to lead us to the playoffs. He's not a guy we're going to trust when it's game six or seven and, and he's tired and his legs are gone and the defense has been trapping him. Is he going to make the right play? Is he going to make the right read? Is he going to hit the big shots? These are the times where you start to learn about a player's character. And if a guy can't handle being benched because he was playing bad, then I don't think he's going to be the guy that I'm going to trust in a big game. I think Coach Adoka is, uh, f you know, fully, you know, I would have benched him early. I think he has all the right to be able to do that to any player. And I love it because once again, where does Coach Adoka come from? Where does Emil Doku come from? What tree? Popovich. What is Popovich known for? Popovich was known for holding his star players more accountable than the bench players. Because what you do is when you hold the highest players on your team to the highest standards, it falls down the line. It rolls downhill to the guys that are at the uh, bottom of the bench, the end of the bench, to know that coach doesn't play. It's Jedi mind tricks. It's pushing the buttons. Is he going to respond? That's all I care about. I don't care about nothing else. I don't care about, you know, what people think about, oh, uh, Fred Van Vliet is stealing all his shots. That's cap. Oh, Coach Adoka doesn't like him. That's cap. Trey Jalen Green, that's cap. How do you respond, bro? Like, how are you going to respond? The coach is literally calling you out. You got sat down while your team, while Alper Shangun is out there with a bad back, you know, playing his heart out while Dylan Brooks is, you know, Lord knows out there flying around tackling people while Fred Van Vliet his leg is about to fall off at his his damn age is a small guard playing 40 minutes on the second night of a back to back. You're sitting on the bench watching them as a hooper, as a as an athlete, as a competitor. If that doesn't rub you the wrong way to make you want to just tighten up, then, you know, what I mean, maybe it's not for you. So that's the challenge to Jalen. That's on him. There's nobody else that you can make th these excuses for. This is on him. This is what winning basketball looks like. Coach Adoka is trying to breed champions. The Rockets are trying to turn the page. The narrative on Jalen is that he's a losing player, can't commit to winning. Uh, he can't add anything to a team that's trying to win. And all of that so far this season has been proven false. And this one you know, hiccup he has this year, his inefficiencies, we know he's streaky. At the end of the day, for me, my judgment on Jalen is never going to be on his stats right now because as he gets bigger, stronger, older, he's going to get more efficient. It's going to be what else are you doing on the court to add to winning? What else are you doing on the court to help your team? Are you leveraging your mismatches and attacking them? Those are playing that Warriors game where he had Steph Curry one on one. Bro, dribbled the ball, almost traveled with it, and had to pass it back out because he couldn't beat Steph Curry one-on-one. -on -one. 
That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a confidence issue. That's a limited game and bag issue. Those are things he needs to work on. But if you're going to want to take the role of being the guy, hey, man, you got to earn it out in the in the battle. It's not something that you're going to be given to you. So for the fan base, I'm asking y'all, take your minds off of being a, a loser. That's basically the way people are talking like now. Y'all are talking like losers. Let's not be losers. We're trying to win now. Let's have winning accountability, winning mentality, a winning approach to development. And sometimes that comes with uncomfortable conversations between coach and player, between player and player. All that stuff we used to do in the past is gone. Jalen Green has been challenged. How does he respond? That's all I care about. And it starts Wednesday against Memphis. I'm going to be watching him closely. I'm going to watch his body language. I'm going to watch how he attacks the basket. I'm going to watch everything about him, his defensive intensity. If he folds it up, then, then you know what I mean? Then whatever he has coming to him is him. I don't care if he goes 0 for 20, 0 for 15. I don't care anything about that. I want to see is he focused? Is his head in the game? To me, those are the marks I'm trying to see. I've shown y'all the numbers. The dude is winning right now. He is a big part of why we are winning right now. And for a player that has been a negative for so long in his career, that is a huge leap for him. The third year leap may not show up in his box scores. It may not show up in his efficiency right now. For him, the leap that he has to take is that into being a winning player and contributing to winning. And he's doing that. That leap is there. I don't think that he's going to have the, the leap that we all thought he was going to have where he's going to be like borderline all-star this year. I think some of the, the damage from previous seasons where they were losing so bad and he was a big part of it has to be undone. Y'all let Coach Adoka cook. The same thing happened in Boston when he was there. The, the fan base was trying to get him fired because uh, guys weren't efficient. Everybody was playing bad. They were losing. And by the you know start of January, they became one of the best teams in NBA history. I keep telling you guys, wait till about early January. That's when they're going to peak. That's when everything is going to mesh. Guys are going to know their their role. This is normal when changes happen. This is normal transitional stuff. When you're changing culture, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So, you know, that that is definitely where I'm at with that. I did want to add a bit um, about Alperin Shangoon. And I mean, I'm going to wait for more data to come in to do a deep dive on him. But my guy is balling. He is balling. The defense against the Warriors was not the greatest in the first half, picked it up later on. Um, but overall, the, the, the road stretch, you know, what I mean, he's to me answered every question I had about him as far as sustainment, the type of teams we're playing, whether they're big teams like the Lakers, teams that like to attack in isolation, like the Clippers, teams like the Warriors that like to get you emotion and things like that. I think he's shown me that he can play any style. And once again, he is our best player right now. And that is a, uh, a, a, a thing that a lot of us, you know, kind of foresaw. I didn't think that it would be this wide of a gap between him and the other young guys, but it is what it is. And we move like the young boys will say we move. So y'all let me know about the Jalen Green thing. Where do you fall on the spectrum? Are you done with them? Or do you think that he needs just more time to kind of get acclimated? Y'all know where I stand on it. I'm like, just let the dude chill. Let him learn. Watch for everything else except just the box scores. Look at how he's playing. Watch the game, man. Watch the game. I love using numbers, right? But to me, numbers just tell a story. If you don't have the actual context of watching the film and actually focusing on the games, then just throwing out numbers and trying to quote stuff, you just look stupid. You know what I mean? So yeah, y'all let me know, man. I'm really curious to hear 
what y'all think on the live stream. I know y'all were talking about it. I ain't going to hold y'all. I fell asleep. That game was way too late. I was talking, you know, to space. And I just remember I knocked out. I was the last one on YouTube on that live stream. But y'all let me know what y'all think about the Jalen Green situation. Um, I'll save the LP stuff for a separate video. Uh, As you already know, if you're still listening to this podcast at this moment, go ahead and hit the like button. And if you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. Keep rocking with the Chop Shop. We're going to keep dropping that.